Do you own firearms? Did you know there's an easy way for you to let everyone around you quickly see whether your firearm is loaded or unloaded? Well, meet muzzlestick, barrel, and chamber flags. Muzzlestick, chamber, and barrel flags offer a quick way for anyone, whether they handle firearms or not, to quickly see the loaded or unloaded status of a firearm. And that could save lives. Are you one of the nearly 80% of firearms owners that keep a loaded gun out of the safe for personal protection, taking an extra safety precaution by using muzzle sticks, big, bright barrel and chamber flags will let everyone around your firearm know if it is loaded or unloaded. Muzzle stick does not recommend keeping a loaded firearm outside of a gun safe, but the reality is that some firearm owners do. Clearly marking a gun status communicates to others around that may or may not have firearm handling experience that it is something that they would not want to handle. Muzzle stick is not intended to replace the rules of firearm safety. However, their chamber and barrel flags give firearms rapid and clear identification, which could result in saved lives. It's time for you to do everything you can to be a safe and responsible firearms owners. Head over to muzzlestick.com. That's M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K.com today to place your order. After all, we all only have but one life. Hello and welcome to the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Thank you for joining us. This is the Friday News Roundup and we've had a pretty exciting week with the raid on Mar-a-Lago. So we're going to talk a lot about that. We have a few other stories to deal with, but first let's take a break and hear a few messages. We'll be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back. I would like to remind everybody that Victor is the Martin and Neely Anderson Senior Fellow in Military History and Classics at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. He is the author of 27 books and writes especially on classics or classical literature and warfare broadly across history and then modern politics. So, Welcome, everybody, to the show. And, Victor, how are you doing? Very well. My long COVID update, I'm in, I think I'm in getting up to four months. Yeah. So I'm up and down now instead of just steadily wiped out. So I'm upbeat that some days I feel like I can almost see, what's the word? See the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm taking well, let's a lot hope. of different things and trying to exercise and keep upbeat. But well, some maybe... days I'm just wiped out and I can hardly walk, but then some days I feel like, nah, that's nothing. So you never know. It's you a very strange almost... disease, I said. Yeah. yeah. But four maybe... months is a long enough. I've had it. I'm done with it. It's like people done with COVID. I decided I don't want it anymore. Okay, good. Let's toss it out and and get to business. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Trump had a worse week than you did. I don't know if that's possible, but maybe um, worse, maybe very good in some weird way. 
Yeah, well, yeah, okay, in some weird way. So we hoping to hear about that. I know that a lot's been going on. So my questions are very basic. What happened at Mar-a-Lago? What's its significance? And what are the long-term consequences of it? So let's go ahead, Victor, shoot. Well, this happened Monday night, and I'm speaking on Wednesday night. And in the last 48 hours, both what has happened and what has not happened, it does not look good for the Biden administration, the government, or the country. And by that, I mean we've had no press conference by Christopher Ray, the FBI director, to explain what in the heck they were doing. We haven't had Merrick Garland, the attorney general, say we were looking for fill-in-the-blanks. So we've had undisclosed sources from the White House, Joe Biden, and from the DOJ. What are they saying? They didn't know about it. But why would they say they didn't know about it if it was legitimate? Wouldn't they say, yes, we did it. Of course we did. We had to. But they didn't. So they don't want anything to do with it. And why don't they want anything to do with it? Let's count the thousands of ways. One, every president that leaves office has arguments. And so when George W. Bush came in after the Clintons, there was dis disagreement, and he even wanted to protect his father's papers. In 2005, he signed an executive order trying to nullify these archive acts. He was overthrown. When Barack Obama left office, he took all sorts of stuff the archival people did not want him to take to his library warehouse. He was sued more than any other president. He resisted a Freedom of Information Act request for documents. Nobody broke into his house. So we have a precedent. You don't do that to a president. You don't even do it to Hillary Clinton that under subpoena destroyed not only emails that we know were classified, but more importantly, devices that were under subpoena. You don't even do it to the FBI. They don't even raid themselves when... During the Mueller investigation, there was a subpoena and the inspector general wanted to know where these Mueller legal team FBI phones were. They were all wiped clean. Nobody did anything. They didn't arrest anybody. They didn't go in anybody's home. So it's unprecedented. So then the question is, why? Well, it wasn't just a raid. It was a political raid. I say that not because they said it was or they said it wasn't, but because the object of the raid is currently leading in polls for the Republican nomination, and in head-to-head -head encounters with Joe Biden or Kamala Harris runs ahead of both. Now, that's important because when Donald Trump was impeached, one of the writs was that he was going after the Biden family for political purposes because Joe Biden was going to be a likely presidential rival. And when Hillary Clinton was running for president 2016, James Comey made it clear that he didn't want to pursue, not that it was his, I don't know how he became an FBI investigator and a DOJ attorney that determines who's prosecutor or not, but it was he said it was in his purview that she not be prosecuted because it, he didn't want to disrupt a national campaign. So here we come along with this precedent that you don't go after people for political purposes, and yet that's exactly what the result of it was. They're stupid because it enhanced rather than detracted from Trump. And so nobody wants to claim ownership of it because it's never happened before. It could have been avoided. Trump's lawyers were getting along with the archivist. They had arrangements made. And so why'd they do it? And people say, well, it had something to do with January 6th, but nobody's come out from that committee yet and said, yes, it did. We needed these documents. It looks like Christopher Ray just ordered it to, to happen. And I don't know what's wrong with him, but he just came out of a Senate testimony where he stonewalled every question about the laptop and about January 6th and about informants, about Russian collusion. They said, I got to get out of here. I'm late. Well, we thought he was late for an important appointment. He was late to go to his vacation spot on his taxpayer luxury Gulfstream jet. So it's getting worse and worse and worse. Somebody's got to come out and say, we had to do this because, and there is no because. It's just a purely partisan act. And then 
The next aspect of the case is the raid, whatever you want to call it. It confirms a pattern where, say, Eric Holder has a subpoena. He's the first attorney general to be held in contempt of court. What does he do? He ignores it. He doesn't give him any papers. He doesn't give him any data. He doesn't show up before the committee. Nada. Peter Navarro does the same. They handcuff him and put him in leg irons. They arrest Steve Bannon. They go after anybody. They take the U.S. congressman. They confront him with his family. They take his cell phone. They go after John Eastman. They take his cell phone. So they go infiltrate the Virginia parents. They being the FBI at school board meetings, why there's terrorists walking across the southern border, they don't seem concerned with. And so they have a pattern of politicizing their activity, they being the FBI. And Christopher Ray knows it. He knows that he's become a retrieval service for the Biden wayward family. If Joe Biden says, my crazy daughter lost her diary, she left it in her apartment, she moved out. The person who took over found it, gave it to somebody. I hear rumors it's in maybe a journalist's hands, maybe James O'Keefe. And in it, she apparently says that she took a shower with me naked when she shouldn't have. Go get it. The FBI go, and what do they do? They go do a pre-dawn raid on James O'Keefe and frog march him out in the halls in his underwear. And then somebody says, Hunter's up to it again, Joe. He lost another laptop. And we don't know what to do. He's got that gun he lost that he lied about on a federal affidavit. He's got on the laptop that he was hiring foreign prostitutes. They show him using crack cocaine in a felonious manner. And it's gone. It's gone. It's disappeared. Apparently, he left it at the crazy guy left it at the repair shop. The repair guy has it. Well, let's call it Russian disinformation. No, we'll, we'll get a hey, call up 50 retired CIA and intelligence officers. Have them do their duty and just say, look, it's Russian disinformation. And then put the whole damn thing on ice and don't let the FBI let anybody look at it. And when they ask the FBI, just say we're investigating Russian disinformation and keep it out of the can. And that's what they did. Can I ask you something about timing? I was listening to somebody today who was clearly left wing and they said, well, this should have happened a long time ago. They should have gone in and got these records. And that very person, I was thinking, well, okay, then why do you think the timing? But Victor, I want to ask you, why the timing? Why do it now with this big display of some sort of criminal act going on? Why do you well, think they Well, a cynic now? would say that they are headed for a historic loss in the midterm elections. They just ran a poll that showed that Joe Biden was well behind Donald Trump in a head-to-head -head confrontation. They showed him that suggested that he might win the Republican primary. So they're thinking, if he announces before the midterm, and then there's a big blowout, he'll get credit for it. And we can't stop the SOB. And we don't have anything good for us. We've got this inflation, anti-inflation act that's a joke. Mm -hmm. But we're trying to say that the economy is in good condition because it went from 9.1 annualized inflation to 8.5. Our gas went here in California from 690 to 640 a gallon. And so that's what they have. And so they, I say they because, I mean, it's a DOJ matter. And Merrick Garland, whether he wants to say he knew it or not, somebody in his division talked to the FBI. They work for him. Mm. Yeah. So they decided now is the time, and this would be spectacular. They would show Trump took something or he didn't take something. And it was a stupid I think they're going to admit by the end of the week it was the stupidest thing they could have done because there's absolutely no precedent for it. Mm. There's precedent for people doing things much worse, like Sandy Berger, as people have pointed out. And what happens to them? Nothing. They slap them on the wrist. David Petraeus. Nothing, nothing. So the archivists knew that. They were there. And then you get the sordid details. They went through Melania's, what, her wardrobe? They go through her underwear drawer. Is that what they do? <laughs> Come on, think about it. Why would you go through the first lady's private quarters? And now we hear an informant. 
An informant said that he had information. They always do that. They leak. The FBI does. They call up CNN or MSNBC and they say, look, you guys got to go with this story. You got to remember the Mueller and the walls are closing in. The, you know, it's the end of Trump. There's a bombshell. And they were all nothing. It was just FBI leaks. I've heard whisperings just on the issue of timing again. I've heard whisperings that the investigation of Hunter Biden is going to bear some fruit. And so they've timed it so that you get both sides yeah, they, get hit hard with something. They've said that the FBI was worried that they can't stall any longer, that Hunter, what, had received millions of dollars. He'd never pay income tax on it, tax fraud. He'd, father had never paid gift tax on the money he gave them, vice versa. Yeah. He's on his own laptop committing a felony using crack cocaine. It's against a misdemeanor to hire a prostitute. He's referring to the big guy and Mr. 10%. So, I mean, Merrick Garland, as soon as he came in office, he should have had a special prosecutor. They did it with Trump in May of 2017. They could have done the same thing, but they didn't want to do it. So now they're embarrassed. They think, well, if we're going to get killed with Hunter, so maybe we'll have a investigation of him and then we'll have to do something for trump but there you go again it's never based on the decision according to custom and precedent do we go into an ex-president's private home unannounced conduct a raid stay there nine hours and try to suggest to the media that he's done something wrong we never have done it before yeah. so what you do you always go after an ex-president in venezuela or colombia or brazil or argentina Mexico. You never do it in the United States. Never do it. Yeah. You know, I have one more question. I read or, or heard that something about an archivist is the one who spurred the interest in what Trump might have taken away from the Oval Office. Is is that true? Was this an Who knows? Archivist? I mean, when they say this, that, yeah, go ahead. The president classifies or declassifies it. Trump probably didn't even pay any attention. So Trump goes, let's say Trump goes to South Korea. And, you know, he's got all his trip documents and everything. And then he's having dinner and the South Korean president hands him a note. Dear Donald, I don't know how you put up with it or something like that. I'm just being mm -hmm. yeah. imaginative now. And so Trump says, when they show him all this stuff, he said, ah, just take all the official stuff. But that was me. That was off the record. I don't want some historian going after that guy. So that's mine. Yeah. Well, then the archivist said, no, you were president. That's the kind of argument that they all have. Every one of them has. Obama has. Bush did. Clinton had. They all did it. Yeah. And, you know, they, they say Trump took stuff. He took napkins from the White House. The Clintons looted that. I was just going to say, didn't Hillary take like China and silver? Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> we don't know. But the point is that there's no precedent for this except rank political partisanship and even the left their heart isn't in it because they're supposedly civil libertarians or they're trying to say that the rule of law this isn't the rule of law because it's part of a, an ongoing process you know look they had 22 months they went after him with the fbi they found nothing they impeached him because he presently said that the biden family was using Joe Biden's office to shake down a foreign government. He didn't want to give them any aid until they showed him they weren't doing that anymore. That was sort of yeah. prescient. They yeah. impeached him on that. So they've created all these precedents, all these precedents, and they don't know what to do now. So what, yeah. what's the precedent? Joe Biden's going to leave office and we're going to go into his house? Is that what's going to happen? Go into Joe Biden's underwear drawer and see if there's a note from Hunter in there? Are we going to tear up the State of the Union of Joe Biden? Is that what Kevin McCarthy is going to do? No squad members are allowed to serve on any committee. He's going to veto the minority leader's recommendation. Is that what we're going to do? Mitch McConnell going to say, I think you're right about that filibuster. I'm majority leader now. It is a racist artifact. Let's get rid of it. Is that what's going to happen? Is Mitch McConnell going to go out to the Supreme Court and say, so to my ear. Kagan, you have sowed the wind. You 
will reap the world when you don't know what's going to hit you? Are we going to send a bunch of proud boys to the restaurants where Sotomayor is? Is that what they want? Is this the world that left is created? Is this what they want? Yes. Power? Because they've destroyed all precedent, all custom, all tradition. And we're kind of like a third world. Reminds me so much of what Salas wrote about in the final days of the Roman Republic, when you had these armed gangs, Milos and Claudia, and they were Claudius, and they were, and, you know, they were for the popular party and then the optimates or the aristocrats, and they just brawled as yeah. the public collapsed. Nobody knew what the rules were. Nobody respected custom. Nobody paid any attention. There is no custom anymore, tradition. There is no media. It's it's completely gone. You know, you can just turn on left-wing media and, and you get their talking points from the DNC. Talking point number one, do not use the word raid, everybody. This was not a raid. Use operation. And then all of a sudden, well, this isn't a raid. This can't be a raid. The media parrots what the left says. Yeah. And so it's part of this long narrative, and you don't know how it's going to end. How do you end it? We've talked about being Old Testament or New Testament Republicans, where you reply in kind, tick for tat. You don't know what to do, or does that just lower you into the cesspool of chaos? And the problem is this. Ultimately, these people believe that they're intellectually and morally superior. These people, this bicoastal elite. And they think they have their duty and their right to use any means necessary to achieve their utopian agenda that we stupid people are unable to appreciate. And once you get into that mindset, you can do anything you want. And that's what they're doing. And with that, Victor, let's go ahead and take a break and come right back and talk a little bit more about this Mar-a-Lago and then get into the Inflation Reduction Act for a bit. We'll be right back. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back. And I just have a few more questions, Victor, on some of the news out there about what's going on. There's some news out there that the Justice Department already subpoenaed Trump in late May and that they came to Mar-a-Lago and Trump opened up whatever sources or archives or boxes that they want for them in early June. I don't and think subpoena is the right word. I think they just said to him, we have a disagreement. We think you have the following stuff. We have an inventory list. We don't think that you should have some of it. Can we come down and look at it? And then we'll get your lawyers and our lawyers and we'll adjudicate. And that's what happened. Yeah. And he, it was all peaceful. And that's and the normal thing, right? Like other presidents. The normal thing is the president goes along and then he says, F you. I classify. <laughs> that's what Obama did. He took yeah. thousands of documents. And then he spent over $30 million fighting every Freedom of Information Act. And when George W. Bush didn't like it, he just did an executive order and said, this doesn't apply to me. The judge mm -hmm. threw it out. And so what did they do? They went to a magistrate judge. In Florida, that was a donor to the Obama campaign who had previously recused himself from matters involving Donald Trump because he said he was biased. <laughs> I mean, think about that. You're the FBI or you're the 
I guess you're the federal attorney for Southern Florida. And you think, hmm, I'll be really smart, man. I'm going to, I know this judge. I know that he's prejudiced against Trump. I'm going to get him to give us a warrant. The FBI will be so happy. Garland will be tickled. The Bidens will see how clever I was. And then you just don't even understand that the, the guy that you want to be biased is only willing to, is only happy to comply, but he doesn't re realize that he's already recused himself because he's self-admittedly biased. <laughs> Everything about this stinks. Every day it gets worse. And it just is this pattern, you know. Yeah. And I don't know where we stop because it's if you lose the House, the opposition party, when they get in the majority, will will impeach you. You can be impeached twice. You can be impeached now as a private citizen. You can have a special counsel just go crazy with $40 million and a dream team that hates your guts. You can have FBI lawyers altering FISA affidavits. You can have them cleaning up their phones. You can have lovebirds texting how they're going to get the object of their investigation. You can have the FBI hiring Christopher Steele, who's paid, they know, by Hillary Clinton and hidden by three fire paywalls. And then he can make up all this stuff, maybe some of it from the Russian, and then he can package it. And then the FBI's James Baker will negotiate with media people to make sure that it is what released before the election which it was and that's all fine that's all no problem destroy carter page with a fake fisa warrant destroy papadopoulos with harass the guy so finally he says something that doesn't match what he said before go after michael flynn <laughs> we we just walked right in we have the old Logan Act. Nobody's ever been successfully prosecuted. Only three people have been brought up in 200 and plus years. But that idiot didn't even have a lawyer. This is Comey talking. And we got him all crossed up. And guess what? He contradicted himself. And that's what they do. And nobody says a word. And but wait a point, second. Okay. At some point, people blow up. Yeah. And that's what's happened. And then the January 6th, think of the January 6th, it's related to this. So you want to find out what happened on January 6th when a bunch of buffoons broke into the Capitol and tore stuff up. Fine. I think they should be prosecuted. Anybody who did that and broke the law. But there were aspects to that case. Michael Rosenberg, the Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times author who said he was an expert on the January 6th riot got caught off camera bragging and laughing. There was nothing to it. It was just hype. There were <laughs> informants everywhere, he says. Ashley Babbitt, two people killed in the Capitol. No, 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 no. There was nobody killed except a Trump protester, maybe two that died violently. Officer Sicknick, they made him into a hero. Maybe he was. He laid in state. The Capitol. He died of natural causes a day later. He wasn't killed. That was all a lie. An officer who had a record of leaving his gun in a bathroom shot an unarmed 105-pound woman for the misdemeanor of entering a window. In America, when you shoot an unarmed suspect, your picture's plastered all over the paper. They suppressed all knowledge of him for six months. So that stuff you could investigate as well as the other stuff. And you could bring in May 30, 2020, when they tried to storm from Lafayette Square and they burned the St. John's Episcopal Church. They went into the White House grounds. They sent Trump scurrying, ha, ha, ha. New York Times boasted, not so brave, ha, ha, went into a bunker. They thought that was great. Kamala Harris went on TV, remember, two weeks later. It's not going to stop, nor it should stop, ha, ha, ha. That was inciting a riot. That's what they're saying Trump did. Okay, so you have a committee, and then you bring witnesses in, and then you've got guys like Jim Jordan as, oh, wait a minute, and they fight, just like Adam Schiff and Devin Nunes fought, and that's how you get at the truth. Your guys against our guys, and then you get cross-examinations and hostile and pro-witnesses, and you get a special counsel to kind of collate it all, and that's what you do. You don't just say, none of your people can serve on this committee unless they voted to impeach Trump or they have no political future. We'll take Cheney and we'll take Kinzinger. That's what we'll take. That's it. 
or this candidate can't, this witness we don't want to talk to, this witness we don't want to ask these questions. And then we're going to suggest that we're heroic. It's like the House on American, <laughs> it makes the House on American Committee, House on Un American Affairs yeah. in the 50s look like voice hikers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I but mean, it's it much does... worse. And then you have something that I mentioned. I mean, it's supposed to be disinterested, right? Disinterested. Yeah. It doesn't say the January 6th committee to indict, fine, hurt Donald Trump. It's to investigate a riot. And then you have Dick Cheney, whom I used to support. And what does he do? He gives a campaign commercial, which is vote for Liz because she's out to stop Donald Trump and he's the biggest threat. Okay, Dick, you just said to the whole entire damn country that your daughter is on there not to be a disinterested inquirer, adjudicator, that he, she's on there to ruin Donald Trump. But that's not the Donald Trump committee. So don't go boast about her bias. Yeah. And I can't get that at all. My God. Yeah. These that's people, crazy. they think just because you can say Donald Trump, you know, this is the most bizarre thing in the world. You go to the dispatch, you go to National Review, you go to the Bulwark. These are all the conservative civil libertarians. And what do they do? They're gleefully, maybe not the official ones at National Review, but a lot of the writers. The same thing with the Bulwark, they're happy that this happened. Then you go to the left, the so-called free speech, civil libertarian, they're all happy. And so this country has gone unhinged. They don't believe in the Constitution. They don't believe in the rule of law. They don't believe in the fair application, symmetrical application of the law. They don't believe in any of that. It and seems to be very left-wing, These what the um, a instruments of government, the FBI, the RRS, and they seem to fulfill left-wing um, yes. political ambitions and not right-wing. But I, well, I'm, why saying that, that I'm saying that having been mostly influenced by right television and journals, et cetera. But why would that be? That's what I'm wondering. It, is, the F, F, is the FBI left wing? Yes. And so they, when the left wing president, the CIA comes in, is left like, wing. If you look at the FBI leadership, the CIA leadership, IRS leadership, Lois Lerner, et cetera, et cetera, all of them are left wing. Maybe not the rank and file, but why are they left wing? They're left wing for two or three reasons. Number one, if you're in government and you're making a lot of money, you want a bigger FBI division. You want more power. You want more rights. You want to hire. That means you're an advocate of big government and therefore you want high taxes. So that's number one. They don't like some guy like Reagan or some guy like Trump that goes in there and says he's going to strain the swamp or starve the beast, any of that crap. Number two, they look at the popular culture and they understand that the people are against the left, the majority. But the people don't have access to corporations, Wall Street, K through 12, academia, Hollywood, media, big tech, social media, go on, professional sports. That's the popular culture. And that's where you get praised. That's where you enhance your speaking fees. That's where you retire and rotate into as a lobbyist, as an advisor, as a consultant. So you want to be known as left-wing. And so James Comey went right in. I think he was Lockheed General Counsel. And look at Lloyd Austin. He was Raytheon. And I won't even get into the other generals. And they all do that. And so they have to prep themselves ideologically for the popular culture. And you can see that. And you don't want to be tagged a Mike Flynn or something like that. There's no corporate boardships. There's no consultantships. There's no lobbyists. There's no praise. There's no media profile. There's no Vogue covers. There's nothing of that. And they make the necessary adjustments. And that's why these deep state grandees are so left wing. Look at them all. Yeah. I mean, look at how disgraced they are. James Comey, 245 times, can't remember, leaks confidential memos on FBI devices to the New York Times to a third party. Andrew McCabe lies four times under oath, has his wife running for office in Virginia, and then why she's a recipient of 
Terry McAuliffe's Clinton PAC money while he's investigating as the lead investigator that the email scandal? Or look at Christopher Ray. I just mentioned him. Jets off in a private jet to his vacation spot where he says he has an urgent appointment in a Gulfstream. Robert Mueller's, ooh, Robert Mueller, hey, you know, your your investigation was started by Steele dossier and fusing GPS. Can you tell us a little bit about those two? <laughs> Never heard of either one of them. He just lied or he's senile. Uh, so he's they, senile. They all do that. <laughs> yeah. They all do that and they get away with it. James Clapper. You know, do, does the NSA ever spy on you American citizens? You're the director of, Na of national intelligence. You're under oath. General Clapper. Oh, no, no. And then you lied. We have evidence. Well, I told the least untruthful narrative. John Brennan. Does the CIA ever tap into Senate staff computers and monitor their activity? No. Do we ever inadvertently kill innocent people in CIA assassination drone attacks on the pack? No. Evidence comes in. Oh, I'm sorry. I lied. I lied under oath. I lied under oath, Mr. Clapper. I lied under oath. They all lie. Brennan lies. Clapper lies. They admit it. And how about Andrew McCabe? Four times, according to the inspector general, he lied to a federal vet. Did you leak? Did you know about? No, 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 no. And where are they all? They all end up at that trash heap at CNN or MSNBC. They did. So you're right. They, they did. And they made a lot of money and they knew that. And they knew that if they had told the truth and got on the wrong side, they would be where? They'd be in nowhere right now. Careers would jail. be over. <laughs> they'd be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> so what they're, this, the whole subtext of this whole sordid raid and all the things we've been talking about is you're a high official. Do you take out an insurance policy that protects your family and you from crushing legal costs, incarceration, character defamation, media hits, or not? If you want to take out that indemnity policy, you just say you're left wing. Max Boot, I'm left wing now. Bill Crystal, I'm left wing. Charles Sykes, I became left wing. They all did. And all of these generals are all left wing. It's smart. You don't think when Mark Milley comes out, he's going to be stigmatized for working for Trump? No, he's got it. There's a book out this week. There's a New Yorker article. He wrote a resignation letter. Did you know that, Sammy? <laughs> I couldn't stand Trump. I couldn't work for that man. I'm a man of principle. Okay. He never sent it in. He's still there. But how do we know he did? Because the New Yorker interviewed him off the record and they found it. He gave it to him. And all of a sudden, he didn't give it to Trump, who was, <laughs> to whom it was addressed. So he is brave. And we hear about how courageous he was and how these courageous generals defied their commander in chief. And so in this tip top world, if you're the chairman of the Joint Chief and you call up your People's Liberation Army counterpart and you say to them, hey, man, I'm Dr. Mark Milley. I'm a neuropsychiatrist or something. And I think that our president's crazy and he might order a strike, but I, my loyalty is to global governance. So I'm going to tip you all. Mm. And then we wonder why the Chinese think they're going to go into Taiwan. Can you imagine that conversation? PLA guy goes to Chi and say, hey, you're not going to believe this. And Chi probably says, well, did they shoot him? <laughs> no, they didn't shoot him. He's, they didn't shoot him? You mean they didn't shoot him? I would have shot you if you did that. Yes, I know. What are we going to make of this? And so we wonder why we lose deterrence with all this. It's so funny, but it's... It's, it's tragic at the same time. Yeah. I know that. And now you're going to and depress me more as you're going to the no, IRS. No, I, I, yes, I, I am. But I just have one last thing on this Mar-a-Lago um, yeah. raid. Did, you said it's going to enhance Trump's yes. aspirations and... Are you sure about that? Because I just have, you know, I just think the presses are able to um, shape the minds of the 51%, basically. Well, what, what makes you I, so sure? When you look sure? at Trump's yeah. face, he looks tired. Mm, yeah. And he, at some point, you look at that aerial view of Mar-a-Lago and you think, my God, how do they pay for that thing? What's the overhead on that? What's the overhead? He his businesses must be under enormous stress. 
His ex-wife just died, the mother of his children. So he's got all of these things. He doesn't look like he's well. And he says he's out there in those rallies. He's going to be 79 if he runs. So I'm not sure that he was going to run. I think it was 50-50. And he was going to announce maybe after the midterms, if they took a big, all of his candidates, he's what media hates to say it, but he's like 122 to nine or something in his endorsement record. So if those candidates were going to win, then he's on momentum. If they were going to lose, you know, they didn't do as well as anticipated. They won by 20 rather than 60 seats. They would blame Trump. But whatever the point I'm making is, there was some hesitation. DeSantis was ahead of him in a new, not now. People say, you know what? He may be an SOB, but he's our SOB. And they're going to destroy him. And this idea they just hate Trump. No, they hate all of us. And if DeSantis, they'll do the same thing to DeSantis. This is a revolutionary climate. And he may be a bulldog, but we'll cut the leash and unleash him. And that's the attitude right now. And I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm just telling you that if you look at polls by Monday, he will be a beneficiary of this raid because it was so unfair and it was so asymmetrical. It was so hypocritical. It was so unnecessary. Mm, so it was unprecedented. So contra mm. Unprecedented, contrary tradition. And there was nobody who claimed it. It's an orphan. Success mm. has a thousand parents. Failure is an orphan. Nobody claims it. This failed. It was a complete yeah. failure. Believe me, if That's they found point. some incriminating thing, it would have been leaked to CNN or the New York Times within a nanosecond. Yeah. There was nothing there. There was an informant. Why did they bring a safe cracker? They brought a safe cracker because an informant probably told them there's a bunch of stuff in that safe. <laughs> I'm not even sure that the informant wasn't a counter-informant thinking, these people are stupid. I'm going to make up a lie and tell them there's a big Geraldo Rivera trove in the, in the safe, and they're dumb enough to stage a raid. So that's what I'm getting at. It okay. helped him. It helped him. Yeah, you, you I'm not sure point. it was good or bad for him. You mean I think personally? He does a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, when people ask me, should he run or not? I like Donald Trump. I just can't understand a guy in this COVID environment, 77, 78, day after day after day, putting up with these attacks on his wife, his family, his businesses, lies. Think of all the lies they said. They said that this Alpha Bank was tweeting to his Trump Tower and he was communicating with the Russian. These were people like Bill Crystal and Max Boot. And it was all a lie. The Russian collusion was all a complete lie. There was no Donald Trump doing anything other than Hillary Clinton hiring a two-bit failed ex-spy to get a bunch of lies that he created <laughs> with a Hillary operative in Moscow and another one at the Brookings Institution. You forget, so, Victor, that they were willing to believe in witches still in the 18th century. <laughs> It's People what it will is. believe anything that they want to believe, huh? They want, they hated it. They just tried to destroy him. So when you say, should he go out there and do this again? Half of me says, Mr. Trump, just, you you had a great four years. These people are evil. Just leave them alone. And then the other half says, no, they're not going to let up. When George W. Bush is now sober and judicious and a senior statesman says, hmm, I can't vote for Donald Trump. I'm thinking, I wrote so many columns called the ad Hitlerum, reductio ad Hitlerum. Every time that guy spoke, they called him Hitler. And it wasn't just Michael Moore and Cindy Sheehan and the lunatic code pink people. It was people like John Glenn and Al Gore who called him a Nazi and a brown shirt. Bush. Yeah. Think of that. When they threw a shoe at him at a press conference in Iraq, people cheered that. They called him a murderer. When you looked at his face on TV, they had destroyed that man. He never even fought back. And then Dick Cheney, who says Trump was the greatest existential. He was considered the greatest existential threat. They said that he was Darth Vader. They said that he was a Hal Burton crook that enriched himself from his prior 
soft corporate spot and had transferred business or directed it some crazy conspiracy. They claimed they hated him. I can tell you that because there were a couple of reports when I was teaching at the Naval Academy in 2003 that Cheney had read a book. The next thing I knew, reporters showed up at my Naval Academy office and said, do you know Dick Cheney? I said, no. Have you met him? I said, yes. Would you give us some dirt on him and tell us how horrible he is? <laughs> I'm serious. I, believe I can you. name the journalist's name. <laughs> I said, no. You mean you're not going to talk? Come on. We can make you look pretty good. You didn't want to go, right? You're an academic. I said, no. Vice president called and wanted to talk. I went over and had dinner. You had dinner? Who was there? What did they say? <laughs> you know. And then, you know, the next thing I knew, I didn't say anything. And then my local paper, the Fresno Bee, says, Cheney's war guru, Salma Raisin Farmer, Fresno State professor. It was like, Cheney is so pathetic. He doesn't have anybody that would help him from Harvard or Yale. So he had to dig up this raisin farmer from Fresno State to give him crackpot ideas about this and that. And it was... They were wrong about that, but that new ad on television where he says his daughter is running for president is Cheney is so pathetic. Pathetic? Yeah. He's 81 years old. He's I give him a break. He's had a heart transplant. That's tragic. I knew a wonderful man, Angela Cotavia, who had two of them. And it's not an easy thing. I feel bad. And I think he was a wonderful congressman for years. He did a good job as the first tenure as defense secretary. And something happened. Maybe it was health or whatever. Maybe it was his daughter. But this is not new, Sammy. Just about six years ago, this senator who was a great senator from Wyoming, a Republican, Liz Cheney challenged him in the primary for no reason. He was more conservative than she was. And the Cheney family went after him because of Liz's ambition. And finally, people who knew and liked them all said, wait, hold off. Stop this. This is nuts. And she pulled out. And then what did the Republican hierarchy in Washington do? They bent over backward. She was a creature of the Virginia suburbs of Washington, D.C. She rarely went to Wyoming. But they made her the third-ranking Republican leader. She was a whip. She was headed yeah. for, she voted 93% of the time for Donald Trump's bills. So Dick Cheney, if he was going to be voracious, should have said, Liz Cheney needs your help. She's had a revelation. 93% of the time she voted for Donald Trump, and so did I. And then on the road to Damascus, we had a vision how evil he was on January 6th. And it can completely changed our mind. And my God, we should have never voted for him. And all those 80 million people who voted for him were deluded. And he's evil. And he's awful. But we voted for him 93% of the time, my daughter did. It has nothing to do with her ambition. Nothing. So if he yeah. had really wanted to help Liz, he could have said the following. I've been around this damn politics for five decades. I know it backwards and forward. There are certain rules of the game. You express your discontent with a president or a senior member of your party. Try not to be public. But if you do do it publicly, expect a lot of backlash, a lot of dissension, but then move on. Move on. Don't get obsessed. And by that, he could have told her, when there's an issue coming up, talk about the issue. If you're a conservative, talk about gas, talk about Afghanistan, talk about crime, talk about Soros' DAs, talk about inflation. No, she doesn't talk about any of that. It's Donald Trump. Donald Trump, she's obsessed. And that eats her alive. It's cannibalistic. Now what is she going to do? She has a choice. To the choice between being a CNN or an MSNBC mediocre news commentator for maybe three years till people, it wears off and her notoriety wears off. Or she can be like Ralph Nader 
she can run an independent third party and get 2% of the vote. And then maybe Trump would lose the electoral college and she can go around the country at $70,000 a year for five years and say, I stopped Donald Trump from being president again. And that's wow, about she, that's she about may it. well do that, Victor. She may well do that. Yeah, that's why she's doing it, Sammy. Yeah. That's yeah. why she's doing it. Sad. All right. Just to use a Trump word, sad exclamation point. <laughs> um, let's turn then to the Inflation Reduction Act after this break. We'll be right back. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. We're back, and I have one thing in the Inflation Reduction Act, because I know that you and Jack already discussed it. It's those 87,000 new IRS agents, which if you consider their pay, they're going to be adding to the inflation rather than reducing it. But nonetheless, 87,000 new agents, what do you think they want these people for? (laughs) Well... Put it this way: There was an amendment to have them concentrate on people who make over four hundred thousand, and that got zero support among the left. And why did that? Because they are the party of the very wealthy. When they got rid of the state and local tax exemption write-off, it was the left-wing blue counties that got angry about that. That was a Democratic Party. Remember, Republicans did that. They went after the upper, upper, upper classes, believe it or not. So what is this thing all about? It's not about the 50% of Americans who don't pay any income tax. Believe me, it's not. So I live a couple miles away from a huge, I bet they have more commerce there on Sundays than all the major discount houses in this five cities around me. And it's, you know, but you You want to buy a shovel, buy a shovel. You want to buy a nursery plant, buy a nursery. You want to buy a mattress, you want to buy furniture. You can buy anything there. Some of it's brand new, no sales tax. None of those people are paying income tax. I can go down to a crossroads, I don't know, a mile from here. I can buy clothes. I can buy a milkshake. I can buy strawberries. I can buy flowers. I can buy anything. No sales tax, all cash. The people don't pay income tax on it. They're not going after those people. That's a constituency of the Democratic Party. They're not going after the very wealthy. They're not going to go after Mark Zuckerberg or, you know, any more than they already do. And that they even (laughs) if they wanted to, those guys have so many tax lawyers and accountants, they couldn't get them. And they're not going after the lawyers and the media people that make I don't know, 400 to 800,000. They are going after the people they hate. And those are the guy that has a local pipe company. He's the guy that sells insurance. He's the electrical contractor. He's a dry cleaner store, has five dry cleaners. He's a doctor who has six x-ray labs. That's who they're going after. The entrepreneur, the middle-class person who's doesn't trust government, very successful, uh, is in private enterprise, so has a lot of deductions, writes them off, and they want to go after that person because they ideologically despise him. They think there's money to be shaken down. They don't have the money to hire sophisticated lawyers and accountants like the wealthy. 
and they're ripe from the plucking. And that 87,000, if you make, everybody listening, if you make over 150,000 and you're not on salary, they're coming for you. They, they're coming for you. And, and that's what they're going to do. And I, you know, I, I had a tax return. I think I've mentioned this on Jack's show. And about six years ago, I went on a cruise. I was sitting at a table and there were five or six people in my business, if that's what it is, calling us. And they were talking about the IRS, all conservative. And somebody said, you ever been audited? Yeah, I've been audited. You ever had the IRS call you? Yeah, yeah, I have. How about you? Yeah, yeah. So it was like open game, right? Yeah. And so I got home and I forgot about it. A year later, I get a letter and it says, you have not reported, I think it was like $45,000 over the year. And you owe us one and a half percent interest a year. And I thought, I have never done that. In fact, I'm so paranoid of the IRS. I do not write off anything. I do not write off my car. I do not write off. I do half my work at Stanford, but half at home. I never write off my office. I'm building one right now because it's ancient home. I need something that has reliable everything. It's brand new. It's 700 square feet. I will not write that off. I do not write off anything. I'm living in a farm. I still have farm equipment. I have farm bill. I don't write that off because I'm paranoid. I try to pay 55% of my state and local income tax. 55% of my gross income goes to California, the government. Okay. And the IRS then says, oh, well, you, I thought this is impossible. I go to my accountant. He says, well, what they want you to do, you just reported all of your 45000 for this speaker bureau and then you listed the individual speeches you paid taxes on that and now what they've done is they've taxed you on that and now they're saying you should have listed everyone separately even though the speakers bureau handled it and you should pay taxes separately so i said you mean they wanted me if i got four thousand dollars for a lecture in those days i have to pay taxes on the 4,000, then I have to pay taxes on the 4,000 that the speakers people report. Yes, that's what they're saying. This is incredible. My accountant said this. So I said, well, how much would it cost? Well, I have to call him up. And so he, you know, he called and 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 he called. And finally, he got through from somebody who knew nothing. And then they told him to go to another person who knew less. And then finally, he got somebody and the person said, what a crazy air that was six months later. Yeah, we do something like that. Don't worry. He doesn't know anything. I get a letter. Please disregard higher <laughs> letter number 483. And if you have paid $980 in back interest, please apply with this form for a refund. That's what they do. Yep. That's, what, that's what's going to happen to everybody. And they're not going after the huge multi-trillion dollar black market off the books income that's everywhere in this country. And that's the cement guy who won't work for you unless you pay him cash. That's the lawyer who says, you know what, I'll do your will if you'll shingle my roof. None of that they're going to go after. And they're not going to go after the Facebook and the Twitter and the Bloomberg. They're not going to do any of that. They're not even going to go after the the academic who makes 175 from Yale or 550 at Stanford Law School. They're not going to go after them. They're going to go after the entrepreneur, the conservative, self-employed backbone of this country. And yeah. everybody take note of that because you've got a target on your back. That's what yeah. it's all about. And they think they can get some money for that so they can spend more on climate change. Hmm. Well, Victor, we're coming to the end of the show, and I just wanted to know if you had anything to say about no, poor I, old, I kind of poor old Eric Eric Adams, the New York mayor. Oh my God! A few buffs loads of illegal immigrants <laughs> unloaded in New York. <laughs> what, what are we to think of this guy? I don't understand that though. It's like, from what I understood, I saw the guy, and it was like the subtext was. I haven't given a damn in two years about two million people flooding your Latino communities, disrupting their schools, making it impossible for them to use social services, 
spiking the crime rate, bringing in fentanyl. I could care less about you stupid people in Texas. However, now that you've sent 4,000 people to New York, this is a burden and this is unfair and this is horrible and these people are illegal. And then I'm thinking, well, you want to celebrate diversity. These are non-white Hispanics. In fact, they're from all over the world. They have one thing in common. They're not white, so they're in your diverse city. Or an African-American mayor should celebrate diversity. But it's almost like he doesn't like Mexican people, I guess, or Spanish speakers. I don't want them. Get them back. Send them back. It's just incredible about these left-wing people. You know, It's incredible. I, mm-hmm. I'll just finish by saying, I've said this before, but I wrote two columns. I said something in a night in Fox, and I have never had more angry response. The first one was when we had a lot of the illegal immigration. I suggested that they open up the 280 corridor between Woodside and San Southern San Francisco, where Crystal Springs Reservoir. I said, you've got a nice underused freeway. You've got an ideal mass transit corridor. You've got California aqueduct water. You've got 50 square miles, 100 square miles of unused woodland from 280 to Half Moon Bay. This is the ideal place for high density. They like high density, like Europe, high rises. And you could make cities of 10, 20,000 people, low-cost housing with mass transit. You like mass transit. And then you could invite the people up from the border. This would be wonderful. It's a wonderful place to live. And people said, a guy showed up at a talk I gave in San Francisco and started screaming at me because he was from Woodside. Found out where I was speaking. He came and yelled his head off at me. Second, Mm -hmm. and I'll finish with this, is I wrote a second column, and I mentioned it on television, that there's about 2 million open dorms right now in August. And they are on university campuses. And it's a terrible waste of valuable space. They have beds. They have dressers. They have bathrooms. They're located in safe places for the most part. Some of them have law schools that can provide pro bono legal aid. Some of them have medical centers that can provide pro bono excellent health care. A lot of people are sick as they come across the border. They have COVID testing facilities. They have COVID vaccination facilities. They have COVID medical center facilities. They have interns. They have students that can tutor, can educate. They have sophisticated campus police that can provide safety. And so we've got 2 million immigrants that cost illegally, maybe three, and we have 2 million empty rooms. What better solution than the advocates of open borders to come up belly to the bar and say, bring them here at Stanford. Yale community wants these people. Harvard celebrates diversity. Princeton insists that we don't be xenophobic. Duke welcomes this, and they don't do it. They do not do it. Instead, they make fun of people who every single day work on the border patrol or they're ranchers or they always bring in some poor guy and he's got a texas accent he's about 90 years old with a cowboy hat and he's bewildered and they had a guy on tv that are nine i have a gun in every room they come in every night they break through they do and everybody goes wow what a white old racist he is he's not yeah they they don't just make fun of him they vilify him it's really horrible they do vilify him and then you say well they all live with uh, wealthy white people Maybe that's because they're the racist and they project their racists on the people who don't live with wealthy white people that maybe don't want to live with wealthy white people. Mm-hmm. I don't mind living in a 90% Mexican American community. I have an opportunity to, to live in Atherton. I think I could afford an apartment full time. I don't have a any small desire. One. Small one, garage. <laughs> you can ask one of my colleagues to rent his garage. But I have no desire to do that or to live. There, no. I'd rather live with people who I don't know. They seem to be a little bit more earthy and down, down to earth. Yeah, in tune. Yeah, basic. And remind you of what life's about. Yeah. I went to go get diesel fuel the other day, and the guy, you know, came up and said, "Can I have five dollars?" I said, "What for?" He goes, "I need to top it off, and I don't have quite five dollars." I said, well, you can't just go ask money from people. 
And he goes, I can't, I've been, I've been driving around, please. I can just, I need to top off. I want to have my tank full. So <laughs> I had in my visor $4 and 25 cents. He probably wanted to have his tank full and his beer too. <laughs> I don't know what he did, but I just got to talk to him and it was very, I talked to him for 10 minutes. All about right, diesel pickups about <laughs> ram versus chevy versus ford and so it just that's the world out here it's just it is it's not All like right. not like the people who celebrate diversity and never want to live it yeah well let me remind everybody that victor is found at victorhanson.com that's his website please come you can have a free subscription and get the regular stuff that's available to everybody for free or you can buy a five dollar a month or fifty dollars a year subscription and get the vdh ultra material as well which is a lot each week so probably about a lot meaning about 2400 to 3000 words so we welcome everybody thank you victor for all your in-depth analysis on marlago the eighty-seven thousand new agents and our mayor in New York, who's flummoxed by his new immigrants. Your mayor, not my mayor. <laughs> Their mayor. Okay. Let's okay. take that back. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. We're going to thank our listeners as well. Thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next yeah. time.